0: We all know what corporate brands are, but do you have clarity on your own personal brand? Today, we examine the five elements of an effective personal brand with Coach Heather Backstrom. This is Coaching for Leaders, Episode 133.
1: Produced by Innovate Learning. Maximizing Human Potential.
0: to you from Orange County, California. This is Coaching for Leaders, and I'm your host, Dave Stehoviak. This is a weekly coaching show to help us all be better leaders through improved communication, human relations, and personal productivity, the people side of organizations and business and productivity. And I'm so glad that you are back again for another week of the show, and today we are tackling a topic that for all of us is an important one, but for many of us, and me included, uh, have not done as much thinking or looking at as probably we should. And part of the reason for me is that the topic of personal brand is one that tends to be a little more fuzzy for some of us, or even fluffy a little bit. And when we think about personal brand, uh, we wonder what does that mean and why would it be of value to me to think about my personal brand and think about the elements of it and to begin to look at it strategically. And I'm so glad today to welcome actually a past guest to the show. And that is Heather Backstrom. Uh, Heather and I are old friends, and she was ba- uh, on the show back on episode number 77 when we talked about living and working with purpose. Heather is an executive coach, and she has worked with leaders in the healthcare, aerospace, and nonprofit industry. She has done a tremendous amount of work and research around personal branding and uh, spent a lot of time working with clients around this practically, and so I'm really glad to have her on the show today to talk about the five elements of an effective personal brand and why we should care about that. Heather, welcome to Coaching for Leaders.
1: Wow, Dave, thank you for such a beautiful, warm introduction. That's fantastic. Thank you very much. I'm so thrilled to be back with you and your audience again.
0: Well, I am thrilled you're back too. Uh, it's always great to have a guest return. And you and I are old friends and I'm just, uh, I'm always thrilled to talk with you and you just have a great attitude, which I love. I'm all about, uh, I'm all about working with people and getting to talk to people that are just doing great things in the world. And I'm, I'm really excited that you are here to give us some perspective on personal branding. Okay, so we should probably start and, and have some dialogue first about what is a personal brand and why would... Why should leaders care about personal branding?
1: Right, right. Yeah, so personal brand, um, I'll give you my perspective and your listeners may find other people out there who do personal brand work who have a different perspective and that's perfectly fine. That's, I think, what makes the world interesting that people have different opinions and takes on topics. So my philosophy, my approach around personal brand has to do with one's authenticity and who they really are from the inside out and bringing the best of a person out into the forefront um, to to give a, a distinction of um, other other approaches or other perspectives on personal brand, sometimes it can be associated with more of the veneer or more of the external to a person you know things like how they dress or the people that they hang out with or the associations, you know, the professional associations they belong to or how the person looks or the kind of car that they drive, the neighborhood they live in, the school that they attended. So um, some, some perspectives on personal brand are more about what I call personal image rather than my perspective on personal brand, which gets to the heart of an individual by bringing out the best inside of them um, out um, and conveying to others and being stronger in their own authenticity and values and purpose and so forth.
0: Well, you and I are both big believers in leaders focusing inwardly first and examining themselves yeah. and yeah. and by doing that like we can really create some wonderful things externally and i i I'm, I'm glad you made that distinction because that 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 personal image part is really important you know how Absolutely. we sure. show up sure. in the workplace and all that but but it's probably it's it's it, i would say even more important for us to really look internally first and to figure out you know who are we and right. what drives us
1: right exactly what drives us and what gives us meaning and value And what are the distinctive qualities about ourselves that we can use to make a difference for other people?
0: Well, let's look at these five elements in detail here then. Some of these we've covered on the show before, and some of Mm -hmm. them we really haven't, Heather. So that's why I'm glad that you've brought these five to us today. Um, But let's start with one that we have talked about before, um, but really bears looking at again, because uh, the the term values is one that, for me at least, Heather, when when, I, when someone first mentioned to me, you know, if you figured out your values, or I, I went through an early workshop in my career on kind of figuring out values and all that, I, I frankly thought it was kind of fluffy. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I just didn't see. I was like, all right, so I'm going to sit here and like talk about like, okay, integrity, honesty, you know, what all the things that I thought were important. But it just right. seemed to me that, that I didn't see the connection of why defining that was how that related to like my work. And so right. could you like just help us out with, why is that important to get some clarity on it? And how does it actually help us out practically?
1: Right, right. So let me, let me offer up maybe an example about myself that might help, help illustrate it. So a couple of values that are really important to me are independence and creativity. So I I love being an independent person and being able to make my own decisions. Um, I like being creative in terms of taking an innovative approach when I'm working with somebody or when I'm designing a workshop or you know, even designing, say, a PowerPoint. I like to, you know, instead of maybe using bullets, I'll use little stars or something to that effect just to make it a little, little on the creative side. Um, So for me, because those values of independence and creativity are high for me, then working inside in a corporation um, can feel constraining to me because I kind of feel like I have to be in the box of the corporation. And I can operate fine. You know, I can get the work done and I can produce good quality work and I can have good relationships with the people with whom I work. But internally... You know, I can feel this sense of oh kind of you know dissatisfaction, um and I can feel this sense of of constraint um rather than the freedom that I feel that I get when I'm able to really be and exercise independence and and exercise creativity,
0: so, so I think yeah, yeah oh yeah, sorry, uh, sorry to cut you off um so the if i'm so if I'm hearing you right then, so part of the getting clarity around that and recognizing that for yourself has driven some of the decisions about where you work and what kind of work you do and who you engage with and i know you you've done a bunch right. of that actually of going out and doing doing some university teaching and working on projects right. and doing coaching and doing things that are outside of the traditional corporate norm
1: right. exactly exactly and that's I, I i love that you brought up the teaching because that's a, a prime example of one of the things that i love about being in the classroom is designing the content of the class and thinking about, oh, how can the students best learn and what kind of exercises can I infuse and how can I get them to work together and are there videos I can show and and just having that full um, um, freedom to um, design content and to, and, to, and to teach in the classroom uh, based upon my own sense of creativity and independence.
0: Mm. I, I think this is something that for a lot of us, we haven't thought as much about that we probably could of what we really do value and what's important to us. And for mm-hmm. those who haven't done much thinking about this, or maybe they've thought about it, but they haven't really done much with it, what would be a first step that you'd suggest that would help all of us get a little more clarity around what are the things that we value?
1: Yeah. So there's a couple of things that, that immediately come to my mind. Um, Of course, the internet is just full of resources, so just getting on the internet and doing a search on values clarification exercise will will reap a number of results that might be helpful to to your audience members. So that would be one step. Um, Another step, or in in addition, um, in concert with that step, I should say, would be to think about those experiences in your life uh, that really... Made you feel great, you know really brought you joy, and what are the what were the qualities, what were the characteristics of those experiences that made you just feel you know on top of the world and Just to go back to the teaching, just to reflect on that for a moment, when I first started teaching, um, I would come home at the end of the night because class was at night from 6 to 10, I would come home at the end of the night and have a hard time falling asleep because I was so energized by having been with the students and, and learning from them and teaching and being engaged with them. So that, that is a sign that I was doing something consistent with my internal values.
0: I love it. I love it. I can totally relate to that too. I've had that experience <laughs> doing teaching and training and coaching and and one of the things you just mentioned Heather reminds me of an exercise I've often done with mm. clients over the years is have people um picture and even articulate what's an ideal day. Um so uh, what yeah. Yeah. what's the ideal work day um you know if they had to like even map out what it was going to look like to um you know wake up in the morning what they do first thing in the day, you know how their work would show up, how their family would show up, all of that that oftentimes mm-hmm. when people do mm-hmm. that, I found that that their values come out pretty clearly in that exercise
1: absolutely, yes, they sure do, they sure do that's a great that's a great exercise and, and one that a person can do on their own
0: perfect, so one other resource before we go on to the third one here, for those who are looking for a values tool. There's one that I had put together, gosh, a couple of years ago, but it's still very relevant um, from one of the early episodes of this show uh, back on episode 22. There's a values exercise. If you go to coachingforleaders.com values, you can download a whole list of values that'll just get you thinking about that. But, uh, but I really like that ideal day exercise. I think that might even mm-hmm. be a better place mm-hmm. to start. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's take a look at the second element of personal branding here, which is vision. So first of all, what what is a what is a vision and you know how is it different than looking at what your values are?
1: Sure, right. And certainly values plays into your vision and vision plays into your values. There's certainly a connection there so they're not distinct from each other. But a vision is about where you are now and where you're headed, where you wish to be. Um the the destination that you're wanting to reach. So It's it's that forward future picture of you and your life and it's, it's compelling meaning that there's this emotional draw to it that your heart just reaches out for that vision and vision is also powerful when you have a strategy to move forward and to reach that vision.
0: I love it. And you, you. could you give an example, maybe, of how either vision has been powerful and compelling for something you've done personally, Heather, or maybe one of the folks you've worked with, just so we can we can get a feel for how that would drive our behavior and our actions?
1: Sure. Of course. Yeah, sure. Actually, every client I work with, we spend some time up front, quite a bit of time up front, actually, working on their vision and understanding the person they are today, and the person that they are becoming. And for me personally, one, one thing that I did to give a, a, a story from a couple of years ago or so, I was, um, as you know, we were in graduate school together, right?
0: We were. Um, Old college buddies. We were,
1: we were. And uh, I, I was at the point, we were both at the point, obviously, in the program of the dissertation of working on the doctorate. And although I I consider myself a pretty self-initiating kind of person, when it came to working on the dissertation part of the graduate degree, I really kind of lost some steam and wasn't doing much work on it. And it was this heavy weight that was kind of like on my shoulders. And the end of that calendar year was coming up, and I thought, gosh, for next calendar year, What is it that's really going to make me feel a sense of happiness and um, fulfillment? And the answer to that was finishing the dissertation. So what I did before January January 1st of that year rolled around is I got out paper and crayons and pens and all that fun craft stuff, and I drew a picture of what my life would look like and how I would feel at the end of the year, once my dissertation was complete. So I made this very colorful picture. So I put the picture up in my garage so that every morning as I left my house, I would see the picture. And then every evening as I came home, I would also see the picture. So I put it Mm -hmm. in a place that was very um, prominent for me so that I would always be reminded every day of this vision that I had created for myself. And I have to very happily say that by the end of the year, uh, that vision uh, was a reality. And it felt absolutely astounding and terrific.
0: And I remember you going through that time. I remember your your turnaround as far as how quickly you finished was pretty substantial. And I remember I was way, way behind where you were um, when that was going on. And I I, I noticed how deliberate and how much action you put in on a weekly basis to getting toward that goal. And, and I think that's really interesting because I didn't do that, Heather, at that time. And um, I think it's really interesting how when we can define exactly where we want to go, we have the target and what it looks like, and we have a way to remind ourselves of that visually um, or on a regular basis that yeah. that that really is compelling,
1: it is very compelling. It's very much, and especially when we really get into the feeling of it, of what it's going to feel to to embody that vision, to have that vision of reality, that makes it even the more, uh, all the more stronger.
0: Mm, I like it. I like it. And, there, and there's so many ways to do this. I mean, you're the way you did. I, I've seen many people use, and I've done exercises where creating a picture, creating what something looks like, and being able to see that visually is really helpful. I know for some people they like to write out exactly what that vision looks like. You know, write out what their life looks like a year from now, what their work looks like a year from now, Um, and and you and I both worked with people where we've and we've done exercises where we even look at that vision from a long term perspective of having people look at you know what do you want your eighty fifth birthday party to look like, what do you want to have accomplished. And, and that's a really powerful exercise, too. I've found that to really drive a lot of my thinking on how I'm spending my time and my resources now right. at this point in my right. life.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, so whether it's a vision for the upcoming year or it's a vision for the upcoming decade or until your eighty fifth birthday, all of it, uh, any one of those um, strategies can be very, very powerful. And then, as you just pointed out, you know some people enjoy writing. Some people enjoy making a picture. And with all the technology out here now, you know, someone could easily videotape themselves or, you know, have some kind of uh, electronic diary that they could use as a vision point.
0: Yeah, I think the the key is just like having that target, you know, do you know where you're going? Mm -hmm. Um, I I remember watching years ago or listening, I I can't remember which, um, Heather, years ago to a Zig Ziglar talk and... Mm. Zig Ziglar had this line where he would be like, you know, you can't hit a target you don't have. And (laughs) if, like, how would you shoot for a target that you can't see and it's not even there? So if you're trying to get somewhere in your career, your personal life, setting that vision first, don't worry about the how to get there yet, but set the end goal and then Mm -hmm. then figure out the structure of how you're going to do that.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: Exactly. It's funny how many people don't do that, isn't it?
1: I know it is. It is, and and I think sometimes people fantasize about the vision of their life. Yeah, which is which is great. I think though, to really harness the power of vision, it takes exactly what you just pointed out, Dave. It takes that practical, um, putting it down on paper, putting it in a picture, putting it in an audio file. You know, writing about it in a diary. it it, it, it takes really having that target created and um, available to you so that you keep moving forward to it, forward toward
0: it. You and I are both in agreement that vision is really different than the third element here you've identified, which is purpose. And mm-hmm. sometimes people use these two elements interchangeably. So what's the difference between purpose and vision?
1: Yeah, so, and and again, there's so, all of these have have links toward them but there's also distinctions amongst these items that we're talking about. So vision is where you're headed. For me, purpose is how you get there. Oh. You know, it's the, it's the how you interact, how you uh, talk, how you behave, the choices that you make, the, the relationships that you build, the, um, the, the people that you uh, surround yourself with. So for me, purpose is more about um, how you work toward that vision.
0: Got it. So if uh, to way, way oversimplify it, but maybe helpful is vision is the future, purpose is the present. It's basically what you're doing right now to get to that larger vision.
1: Yeah. So am I working in a, in a, in a way that's, that's purposeful? Am I, if, say, so for instance, if, if being cooperative, showing cooperation... Is a value of mine, and um, I have this future vision of myself. I've outlaid that. I've figured out what my future vision is. I can put that into play. I can I can work toward my vision uh, by purposely finding different ways to demonstrate uh, cooperativeness with other people, um, and even being cooperative with yourself. You know, so uh, for me, purpose can be. More of how do I put my vision into practice every day?
0: Oh, got it, got it. So, um, so how when you're thinking about that, Heather, just in your own, maybe your own work or your own work with clients, how do you how do you define that? Like, what do you do to define that, or put you know, put a framework around purpose? Because that the, that does seem like one of those things that can be kind of hard to nail down if you don't have a framework right. or a structure for it.
1: Right, yes. It, it, it absolutely can be kind of elusive and hard to nail down. So perhaps I can tell you a brief story about a client that I had. And we went through a values exercise. And through that, very strongly it came out that, that being in service to others is a really high, important value of hers. And that's great. So we landed on something very specific about her and something very, very important to her about being in service. At the same time, we were also doing work around her job, and she was not particularly fulfilled by her job. She wasn't particularly happy with the kind of work that she was doing. She felt that it was rather mundane and boring, and it also um, required her to use an analytical skill set, which wasn't really her forte. So we reframed her work by looking at her work as being in service to others. And when she was able to look at how in everyday work life she can, she can take a, an approach, an attitude of serving others, that actually helped make her job a little bit better. Now, she still wasn't completely um, fulfilled by it, but it did create a shift in her work where she felt more purposeful and she felt she was being in service to others.
0: It's amazing how our own perspective on how we approach our daily work really does, does affect how we show up and how we, and just our engagement level with what okay. we do and why it's important to us.
1: Mhm. Exactly. Exactly. And it can change our, our frame of mind and our attitude and, and it can affect you know, our relationships with other people, our relationships with ourselves. It's very powerful
0: before we started recording you had asked me something around the show and i'm trying to remember the question but it really got me thinking around just um maybe it was on one of the later points here uh, heather but i was it got me thinking around just what my purpose is for this show and how this has yes, tried right. to show up yeah we were talking about that and so uh, you know it's it's interesting because one of the this has been really helpful for me just in looking at how i how i show up here each week for the mm-hmm. coaching for leaders community and what I write and the people that I choose to have on the show and you know one of the things that's been really important because there's there's so many I mean there's tons of great content out there on leadership and you know there's so much research you and I could spend mm-hmm. like <laughs> a half a day just talking oh. about the research on like values and all that stuff um, but a lot of it is really like theoretical and um, academic. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when you talked to me about this earlier, you know, one of the things I was I was uh, saying is that you know what I feel my purpose is is to be a curator of wisdom about people because I don't I have. Love that. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm glad. I'm glad. Thanks. Um, yeah. You know, the, I don't certainly have all the answers about how to work with people. Um, God knows, and and yet I try to each week find some find things that will be of value to this community and and to then present them in such a way where uh, we all can use them really practically because i think it's really easy to get caught up in like all the theoretical these models and there's really interesting mm-hmm. stuff out there i mean if, if, for those who have gotten into it in our audience i mean there's lots of things you can look at mm-hmm. but i want to i want people to walk away from listening to the show and they say you know i can do one thing out of that like i can put that mm-hmm. picture in my garage today right or i can um do some thinking about what is, you know, what do, where do I want to be a year from now? And if I wrote out what that looked like today, you know, what's right. the action I can put around it? Like those are key things that people could do and take action on that'll make their lives better. And that, that really is a driver for me as far as my purpose.
1: Right, right. And, and you having identified your purpose about being a, a curator of wisdom about uh, people, it, it really is the foundation, as you already pointed out, for, for everything you do in reference to your show. The topics, the, the, the interviewees you choose, the content you put out about your show, the website, et cetera. It all um, It's a foundation for your purpose of being a curator of wisdom for people
0: yeah, and I think that that's um, it's been helpful for me, Heather, because there are, you know, there are a lot of other podcasts out there. There's a lot of other people who talk about the topics I do. and And that for me, is always really helpful. When I'm focused on my purpose and what I'm about, I don't get as distracted about what's going on in the rest of the world or feel like I need to compare myself to other people doing things. And I, I think that that is something that I found also for my clients I've worked with over the years that people who have a really clear sense of purpose, um, you know, are just busy doing stuff to make their lives better and make the world better. And people who don't get really caught up in the, um, you know, who's doing something better than I am and how do I exactly. be in competition exactly. with others? Hey, you've noticed this too.
1: Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. It's a real place of empowerment, of, of personal empowerment. Mm.
0: Cool. All right. Let's go on to number four here, which is okay. authenticity. This is this is one that um, we haven't talked about much on the show, and I'm curious. You know, how do you, when you think of authenticity, Heather? How do you define that, and then why is that something that we should be thinking about from a standpoint of branding that mm-hmm. is important?
1: Mm-hmm. So it's important from a point of personal branding because personal brand, again, in, in my view and my estimation, is about bringing out the best in you it's not about trying to be someone you're not or trying to copy the hottest, greatest, next best thing that's out there or, you know, practicing, you know, to be, again, someone you're not. It's about being the best of who you are and bringing out the best in who you are. And when you're able to do that and be authentic, um that's when you truly can make a difference in other people's lives. And authenticity is also where your values are truly being showcased. Um, and when they're showcased and you use your values, then you feel happy and satisfied and fulfilled. And again, you feel like you're making a difference in the world from a place of purpose.
0: Hmm, I like it. So how have you use that practically or seen, uh, seen a client use that practically that's really helped them to align more with their purpose and what they're doing on a daily basis?
1: So one client I can think of is that there were times when she interacted with her supervisor where she felt very disempowered and she felt like she couldn't respond back to her supervisor so we we worked with I, I worked with a client on this of of helping her find that inner strength uh, so that she could kind of stand up for herself if you will when her supervisor you know would be would be difficult and be um, critical of her and we were bringing out the best inside of this client so that she could be empowered to speak up and to 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 um, not be felt, not feel so put down by her supervisor. But we did it in a way, and, and we, I worked with the client in a way to bring out her natural self, her authentic self, so that she wasn't responding from a place of, you know, she was yelling and screaming back at the supervisor, or she was, you know, being defensive and difficult, or, you know, she was attacking and blaming the supervisor. She was able to up front for herself in a way that was authentic to who she was um, and she was able to speak up in a way where she was clear and yet was listening to her supervisor at the same time.
0: Hmm. And what had to change in her thinking in order to get to that point?
1: Well, a lot of practice. We did a, I, we, the, the client and I worked quite a bit together and Some things that had to change for her is, is one, she had to work on the courage um, to empower herself to speak up um, in a way um, that allowed her to speak up and listen at the same time. And something else we worked on is going, it's actually the same client who had service as as a high value for her. So we worked on that value, and is she being in service to her When she feels disempowered? Um, Is she being in service to her supervisor when she shuts down and can't listen to what the supervisor has to say? So, we also capitalized on her values, in other words, to help bring out her authenticity and to help her find that authentic place of where she could speak up and continue to listen and be engaged in the conversation at the same time.
0: I love that being true to yourself and figuring out the way that's going to work for you because I think that it is it is certainly the case. A lot of times we, a lot of us try to copy what other people have done and the ways right. that different people approach things, and it, it's great to kind of be able to borrow different wisdom from different different people, but then to kind of make it truly your own in such a way uh, that you can communicate and, and and interact with the world in a really authentic way. Right, right.
1: Because that's the, that's your that's the real you. That's the real natural you.
0: Speaking of the natural, real you, uh, mm-hmm. the fifth piece is perceptions. The fifth piece of this element, which which is so critical of how people mm-hmm. perceive you, and so mm-hmm. um, so I'm curious, Heather, because you know there's um, you know it's reality isn't doesn't matter as much if people don't perci- <laughs> if people don't perceive that reality. So um, right. so we may right. be someone who's very caring. Strategic, structured, whatever. But if people don't perceive, that, it doesn't really matter. Um, so I'm yeah. curious, you know, what's why is perceptions and how people perceive you important? That you know, that may even be an obvious answer, but I, but I'm 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 curious for you maybe specifically. What's a time you've run into this in your work where you had to change a perception around of people okay. around you about how you showed up and how you worked, and just so we could get an idea of how we might utilize that too.
1: Yeah, you know, perceptions are powerful um, and we define our world and we define other people based upon our perceptions. So um, for me, let's see, an experience that I had going back a handful of years ago, I participated in a program where I received some anonymous feedback about myself and how I was perceived. And in some ways the feedback surprised me, and in other ways the feedback didn't surprise me. But the feedback was all centered around things like uh, being very organized and being very logical and dependable and responsible and and things like that, which are all great qualities, not, not putting down those qualities at all. It's just that the feedback all centered around things like that. And none of the feedback was anything close to words like being creative or being innovative. Mm. And that's really how I saw myself. I saw myself as being kind of a creative thinker and you know, creative when I would think, come up with workshop designs or when I would work with clients or I would plan meetings. I always thought I was putting a creative spin on things. And yet the feedback all showed the opposite of that.
0: Oh, interesting. And
1: yeah, it was it was very, very, very revealing. And and looking back at that time in my life, I can I can understand why it came back that way. Uh, because I was in graduate school at the time, I was working full time, so my life was very, very structured. So I can see why other people perceive me that way. Well, to shift that perception and to start people and, and to help um Help shift that perception so that I was viewed as creative and innovative, I did the simplest thing. I just started using the word creative in my language. So if I was in a meeting with my boss or what have you, I would just infuse the word creative here and there, just kind of sprinkle it in, you know, here and there as as appropriate. And Dave, I'm telling you, like within two weeks, I was talking with my boss at that time and we were talking about whatever the topic was, and he said, you know, Heather, you're a very creative person, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I awesome. about fell off my chair <laughs> that, uh, that I was described that way. So that's a very simple thing that any of your listeners can do, is just start to use the words uh, by which they want to be perceived.
0: Mm. You know, I I resonate with that so much because uh, when I think about perception, I think about Heather, just my own, the ways I show up in the world, I'm a quieter person and Mm -hmm. I don't tend to say a lot in meetings and interactions unless I need to. And so when I was thinking about this topic today, I was thinking almost that same thing is that I have that real tendency to under communicate. And sometimes people don't feel like they get the information from me that they need or they don't necessarily know what's going on and i found that same thing like just being intentional about uh, about letting people know about something or using mm-hmm. the right language um that aligns with the message i want to communicate it can make a big big difference in how people perceive us and align more with how we how we really are and the things we're thinking about and and want to show up as anyway
1: Right, exactly, exactly. And and the difficulty in that lies in, if we see ourselves, for instance, quiet, I see myself as quiet, but other people perceive me as withdrawn or uh, controlled or difficult to read. So when we perceive ourselves one way and other people perceive ourselves differently, then that's when conflict can arise and miscommunication and obviously misperceptions so that's one of the, that's why perceptions is so powerful for us to understand them so that we can mitigate you know difficulties in in relationships
0: I, I love the uh, the ability to change how we show up, and I think that that's mm-hmm. such power of Knowing how you're perceived and being able to get some feedback, and and you know, there's so many wonderful assessments out there, Heather, and so many wonderful, mm-hmm. uh, you know, things you can, you know, exercises and resources you can go through to get perceptions of of what mm-hmm. people think around you. Um, and, but then the key is, of course, you know, changing those perceptions so they align with the way that you want to align. And I, I love the example of using vocabulary. And you, you've you've mentioned a whole bunch of things that um, that I think that would be of real value for our audience. To do to take some immediate action on today, Um, you know, I I love the example of just changing your vocabulary and what you're saying and why you're saying it uh, on a on a regular basis to align with how you want to be perceived. Um, I love the picture example in the garage. I mean, I think that that is, you know, as far as creating a vision, I think a, a a mantra for all of us is to have something whether it's a picture whether it's in writing whether it's um you know a blog post whatever it is that is really clear on where we're going
1: right exactly whatever fits for you whatever fits for you
0: yeah and i and i also love the just going through the values exercise and i'll put a link to the in the show notes to all of the things we've mentioned here and all the links um, and also a link to uh, to Heather's uh, website as well, because I know you have a lot of resources there too, and folks can definitely check that out if uh, if Thank that's you. something that would uh, be helpful to them. Uh, hey, I really appreciate you uh, you coming on the show, and I and uh, before I let you go, um, you know of these of these five things, what would you say is the one you most still struggle with?
1: Oh wow, let's see. Um, that's a great question. So we have values. Vision, purpose, authenticity, and perceptions. I would say gosh, that's a tough question, Dave. Perhaps perceptions. I think that's still one that um that I I still work on um, and continue continue to try to make uh, progress on. So I would say perceptions. And and perceptions, as is, is, as I think we said earlier, it's can it's it's a person's reality. So shifting perceptions, well, I gave a, a pretty simple way of of affecting perceptions by changing your language. At the same time, perceptions can be difficult to uh, or take um, more take more attention and effort to to shift as well. So,
0: yeah, I I you know actually the same one for me perceptions. I yeah. I think it's it's. The others are ones that I can I have a little more direct control over, um, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, at least mm-hmm. that's how I, I perceive it. And mm-hmm. perception for me is, requires me to really take actions that are going to change how other people perceive what I'm doing and what I'm thinking. And for me, being a quieter person, that, that's something that I find that's a continual struggle. so, uh, so you and I are in the same boat.
1: OK. <laughs> Yeah. Well,
0: great. Yeah. Heather Backstrom is an executive coach, and she is a uh, you know done a lot of work on personal branding. And uh, Heather, I'm so glad that you've uh, joined us, and I hope folks uh, check you out as, online as well.
1: I look forward to it, and thank you again, Dave. This has been a tremendous experience. Really appreciate your generosity of inviting me.
0: Always a pleasure to talk with you, Heather. Take care. Mm-hmm. My question for you this week is what action will you take to enhance one of these five elements of your personal brand? You heard Heather and I talk about which ones we struggled with more. Uh, My goal this week, and I've already started working on this, is to be much more intentional about letting other people know about what's going on in my mind and decisions I've made and uh, projects and thoughts and, uh, you know, directions forward on things I'm working on. That is something I fall for, uh, fall flat on, uh, more often than I'd like to. And so I've already taken a few actions to do that better this week. And I'd encourage you to take action as well. And I'd love to hear your answer to that question. And so if you have something that's come to mind already, go on over to the show notes at coachingforleaders.com one three three, that'll take you right to the notes for this episode and all the uh, things we mentioned. Of course, if you get the weekly update, you'll get that in your inbox on Wednesday. And as always, if you have comments, questions, or feedback for the show in general, uh, either on today's topic or for a future topic, you can always reach out to me at coachingforleaders.com slash feedback. And one reason you'd want to do that in the very near future, is the next question and answer show is coming up in two weeks, episode 135. As I've mentioned, is going to be a Q&A show, all Q&A, on the topic of training. So what training options and questions do you have for yourself as far as how you may want to invest your time or resources into training to become a more effective leader, how you would train members of your team, what kind of training resources to look at, Training, uh, theory, uh, technology, whatever is on your mind around training and how to develop the skills and competencies of others—fair game for that episode. So, again, coachingforleaders.com/slash-feedback. If that is of interest to you, Uh, send me a message. I've got several questions already, um, but still have still have room for a couple of more. So, um, and I always love getting the questions by audio if possible. So. Do send those along, and a huge thank you this week for a whole bunch of folks who have subscribed to the weekly update. I am so grateful for so many of you reaching out every week and welcoming new folks to the Coaching for Leaders community. Um, thank you for doing that, and and you know do uh, make contact with me and let me know anytime I can be helpful to you. And these folks this week are Maria White. Gail Williams, Linda Eller, Valerie Hogan, Kathleen Wheeler, Sarah Blaze, Coop Cooper, Lisa Stockwell, Renee Hernandez, Lena Staffgard, Brenda Mundy, Jesse Chen, D. Maher, Philippe Souza, Vicky Nicholas, Luke Robinson, Cindy Paris, hi Cindy, good to hear from you, uh, David Riviera, Heath Mulliken, Zoma Monslave and Dan Cook this week. Subscribe to the weekly update. Hey, uh, for those of you who have been getting the weekly updates... And also those of you who are just now subscribed, you know, I do publish this update every Wednesday. And the last few weeks, the graphics aren't working right. I am actively troubleshooting what's going on with that. And uh, with a lot of other things going on at the moment, I haven't put as much priority into that as I probably should have. Um, But I wanted everyone to know if you're getting the weekly updates. I know some of you are not seeing the graphics. It looks fine on the (laughs) previews when the uh, system's sending it out, but for whatever reason, they're not showing up. Uh, Just know that I'm working on that. And uh, thank you in advance if you're able to be patient with that. Uh, The content's always going to be there, and the graphics will be back shortly one way or the other. Uh, So anyway, if you'd like to get that, thank you for those of you subscribed this week. If you'd like to get the weekly update as well, it is a booster shot between shows on how to lead better by giving you some actionable advice on how to improve your communication human relations or personal productivity. And plus, I mentioned, you'll get the notes from every show, including this one. So if you'd like to get that in your inbox, just go to coachingforleaders.com slash subscribe. Plus, as you know, you'll get access to my video overview and a downloadable guide on the 10 leadership books that will help you to get better results from others. So definitely check that out. Hey, a huge thank you this week uh, from uh, the person named Elle on iTunes, or it might even be Linda from the weekly update. Linda, if it's you, thank you for taking a moment to write a written review of the show on iTunes. I so appreciate it. Hey, if this show's been valuable to you, and if you've been listening for a bit, um, I would love to get an honest review from you on iTunes. And that always helps me to uh, continue to learn how to make this show better. And also for more people to find this as a resource. So if you'd like to do that, you can go to iTunes or Stitcher, coachingforleaders.com slash iTunes or coachingforleaders.com slash Stitcher, whichever directory you like. Hey, have a great week, everyone. And I'm looking forward to talking with you again next week. And in two weeks, the Q&A show on training. Have a great week.